to get messy ladies and gentlemen it's episode two of the getting a bit messy show the one-stop shop for all the news proper football fans might need prior to match day as always i am connor donovan joined today by my good football loving friends thomas and nandan and boy do we have an exciting one for you here today there have been lots of great football matches this week and some scintillating stories that have broken over the past few days and we cannot wait to jump right in and break all this down for you lot. A quick note before we get into the show, I just wanted to stop and take a moment to shout out both Toby Lou at Toby Lou on Instagram and Group Therapy at Group Therapy LLC on Instagram, who put on one of the most unreal concerts I have ever seen this past Monday night at Paradise Rock Club in Boston on Commonwealth Over by BU. Not a single song they played that didn't go insanely hard. So as a tribute to that show, the music that you guys will be hearing during the show today, during our intro, our outro, and breaks, will be either group therapy or Toby Lou songs. So we hope you enjoy and give them some of your free time on your favorite streaming platforms. Today's show is going to be broken down similarly to last week's show with breakdowns and major news discussed first, our quickfire recap of the less relevant matches during the week, and then a short break before we get into this week's honker of the week our award given to the most embarrassing moment across world football over the past week, followed by closing out the show with our predictions at pace segment that I will admit did not go so well last week for me. And so with that being said, lads, it was a fantastic week of football for us all, but Nandan especially, who's going to take it away with our first breakdown match of the week, Burnley 1, Chelsea 4. Yep, that's right, Connor. So to start off, we got Burnley versus Chelsea. Uh, a game which had me a bit on the ropes at the start of it. Uh, I was going into it pretty hype. I knew we had come off a pretty convincing win over Fulham. Um, I was hoping we could get that going. Uh, we conceded first, actually. Uh, Burnley scored, uh, I think, in the 32nd minute, I believe. Um, had me a little nervous. Had me thinking, you know, ah, crap, are we going back to our old ways? Um, yeah, Wilson then, Wilson Odebear for Burnley, mm-hmm. his first Premier League start, and he looked incredible. He looked in that very, game. very good. Especially off the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, surprise, surprise, uh, Chelsea come back to win a game for the first time since October 2022. I cannot tell you how long that feels. Um, that's overall, a, that's a, that is a long time to go without winning a football mm-hmm, match from a losing position. Quite a long time. Um, but we got to say, a great performance all around. I got to give a shout out Mark Cucurella, uh, who's been facing quite some criticism over the last couple weeks. Came in at right back, put in quite the shift. Uh, Cole Palmer looked excellent. Uh, he's looking like one of our best players this season. I'm really excited to see what he does. Love that uh, Cole Palmer got the Kai Havertz treatment, too. <laughs> they, they put him on the penalty spot to yep. get his first Premier League goal for the mm-hmm. club. That got so that. shout out to Chelsea looking out for Cole Palmer. Of course. You got Raheem Sterling on the board as well, finally scoring for Chelsea. Uh, and overall, just a really great performance. I'm really excited to see what we go up on from here. Yeah, I... Uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that uh, Chelsea's best player is a? I don't want to say a Man City reject because he's looked absolutely excellent this city form uh, uh, this season for Man City. He's come in. He I believe for played Chelsea. For, well, no, he's looked good for City as well. He played uh, only two games for them, two cup finals, and he scored in both oh, right, of them. Right, right, right. Uh, before uh, he got the move. To Chelsea. Before he got a move to Chelsea, he you know it was out. He was not getting the playing time. I I'll be honest. I thought he looked a little rough last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Comes in, looks absolutely amazing this season, and then then all of a sudden they sell him. Man City Academy, all of a sudden Chelsea's best player. Like <laughs> what? How many games in is he? Four or five? Four or five, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, quite I, a I couple gotta, at this point. I, I gotta say, you know, I'm I'm very surprised. Uh, when we first signed him, um, it was a deadline day deal for around 45 million. I was personally very skeptical. I wasn't. The, I didn't write him that much after last season, so I thought 45 million when we already have so many attackers. You know, what are we doing? This is kind of a ripoff. But I have to give him credit. He's proven me wrong. He's been excellent. Um, it's tough that he's a Man City graduate, in quotes, but I'll take it, honestly, after the season we had. Yeah, absolutely. Burnley, uh, a bit unlucky to see an own goal, a pretty bad one, go in off of their center back. So 
that one brought Chelsea back into the game a little bit, I mm-hmm. believe. But then Raheem Sterling, who was creating all day, yep. finally found a goal for himself as well. So you'll be hoping, I'm sure, Nandan, that Sterling continues that kind of form. I really hope so. I think the way Poch has this team running, I think we have a tough stretch after the international break. break. Uh, but I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. But hopefully you can get into the top half of the table. <laughs> Still work to do. Progress. Still work to Progress. Do. Baby steps for Chelsea. Baby steps. Mm-hmm. Moving on, another club that's been in some trouble recently but found a result this time. Man United 2, Brentford 1. And wow, oh wow, I think Scott McTominay might be the new prime R9. <laughs> might be. He is. The defending for Brentford's goal in the first half was absolutely shambolic from United, highlighting their defensive woes again. I know they've got a couple injuries going on there, but it does not look good. And that's rich coming from me as a Liverpool fan, who are conceding goals for fun as well. But uh, another Andre Onana howler, you have to say. I don't know what's going on with him. He's looked he looked so good last year for Inter. You know, they say they get rid of De Gea, who, once again, still a free agent. Just going to put that into the minds of the people. David De Gea is still without a club. I think yeah. we've got to start a little segment here. Days since David De Gea last played a game of professional football. It's ridiculous. I think that segment would go on for a while, especially <laughs> at this point. There's not many more clubs at this point that really could use De Gea. You have to think. You, you gave a like, nice uh, Bayern shout. Yeah, when you when you got off the call the other night when we were discussing the show, we were saying where could David De Gea go, and I said potentially Bayern Munich. Ooh, I think that's like the only landing spot that I see that would be an upgrade potentially uh, with an aging Manuel Neuer. But anyways, back back to the United game. Scott McTominay may have just saved Eric Ten Hag's job. <laughs> Shocker there, even though the news last week was that they were going to back Ten Hag. This was on its way to being a really bad result that could have seen the seat get even hotter. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder, you know, uh, where United go from here, how they bounce off from this is going to be key. If they use this, this could be the pivotal moment that turns their season around. It could just be uh, a bright light in the middle of a bunch of bad runs. You never know. Um, but... As a neutral, uh, I got to say, I, I really hope this doesn't do anything for them. I really <laughs> hope they continue to struggle. Yeah, and sounds neutral. <laughs> yeah, sounds, sounds awful neutral. I'm, I'm so neutral. I I'm say so use neutral. McTominay in that sort of Jude Bellingham role. Mm. Use him as that kind of, I think they got their new striker. The youth coach who moved him from striker to midfield uh, deserves jail time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Absolutely. They robbed us. They robbed us of a world-class striker. Mm-hmm. McTominay subbed on late in the second half and finds two goals in Fergie time to pull United back and get a 2-1 result, which I think is funny, by the way, because actually technically McTominay scored three times on the day, Mm. and one of the goals, I think, was a bit wrongly pulled back for an Mm. offside on one of the United players. So I just think it's funny that Scott McTominay was subbed on and managed to score three goals with the limited playing time that he got. Not the first time he's gotten the goal rolled out either. We'll talk about that later. Yes, yes. We will get to that one shortly. Uh, The next insane game we have for a breakdown this week that I don't think any one of us were expecting to be a really insane game. No. Genoa 0, Milan (laughs) 1. Kind of boring game overall until Christian Pulisic scores in the 87th minute, assisted by Yunus Musa. So you've got some Americans connecting together in Milan to steal all three points for Milan. But that was not all that happened after the 87th minute as we had a what-on-earth-is-happening moment where Mike Magnan was sent off with a straight red card for what can only be described as a flying knee (laughs) on the Genoa attacker outside the penalty area denying a goal-scoring opportunity. So Olivier Giroud went in goal for Milan, and actually performed pretty well. He did. He, he got a bit lucky on the initial free kick that was taken outside of the box because it took a deflection and ended up hitting the crossbar, and then he gave the crossbar a cheeky little tap after, <laughs> like goalkeeper's luck. All part of the goalkeeper's equipment, they say. Um, and then Genoa's goalkeeper 
also gets sent off for the second yellow <laughs> for a tackle, by the way, that really wasn't a foul if you look at it. It looks so. like the light. It, it, there might have been contact, but it's a contact it's a very sport. Harsh one. Guy goes down like he got shot all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, Eunice, Eunice Musa makes an yes. absolute meal out of the tackle mm-hmm. from the Genoa goalkeeper. So both goalkeepers ended up being sent off. They were playing 10 versus 10. And then Olivier Giroud, in the dying moments of the game, comes flying off of his line, <laughs> makes a diving punch to clear the ball away from a Genoa attacker. I'll and give you all a fascinating stat real quick. Uh, Olivier Giroud has more clean sheets this season than Andre Onana. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, highlighting the goalkeeper situation at Man United. <laughs> hey, Man United, if you need a goalkeeper, we hear that Olivier Giroud is pretty good. In fact, so good Olivier Giroud was in goal that EAFC are having an absolute laugh with the video game, and they've given him a Team of the Week card as a goalkeeper <laughs> that you can now pack in your ultimate team and draft build. So keep an eye out for that Olivier Giroud goalkeeper card. That's probably going to be an extremely rare one if I had to take a guess. Most likely. With that game covered, the next massive one goes back to the Premier League. On Sunday, it was Arsenal 1, Manchester City 0. Who saw that one coming? Uh, I'll tell you who. None of us. All of us. <laughs> all of us predicted a uh, city win. Uh, you guys went a uh, very uh, tight two-one city win. I was a little optimistic. I went three-one the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only did City not win, Arsenal clean sheet one-nil win. All four of their substitutes combining for it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. By the way, that Arteta made four substitutes in that game. All four substitutes touched the ball in the build-up to the goal. It was a long <laughs> ball from Partey into Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu header down to Havertz, and then a Havertz layoff to Gabriel Martinelli to bury the goal <laughs> late in the game. Mm-hmm. What I think we have to talk about from this game, though, is that we had a honker of the week candidate in Mateo Kovacic. Oh, my. Because what a situation this was in the first half, by the way. Mateo Kovacic gets a yellow card for a slide tackle from behind on a I believe it was Odegaard. I believe so, yeah. Slides in from behind. They go over the replay, review it for serious foul play because let's be honest, if you look at the tackle, he came from behind with studs exposed mm-hmm. into his calf, not his ankle, his calf. calf. I don't understand how this wasn't a straight red card, especially after you've just had two Liverpool players crucified last week in Curtis Jones and Diogo Jota mm-hmm. for fouls that probably weren't as bad as that sliding tackle. Not to mention uh, a couple weeks ago, Malo Gusto for Chelsea also getting sent off for a tackle that quite honestly mirrored Kovacic's tackle, if not less. Um, so there's definitely something interesting going on over yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. But then, that that wasn't all with Mateo Kovacic. So he's lucky enough to stay on the field after the tackle on Martin Odegaard. And then, not five, ten minutes later, he goes into another flying slide tackle <laughs> on Declan Rice that he catches him late on. Identical. Mm-hmm. Ide- literally identical yeah, foul. It. Comes flying in, catches his ankle late, and the referee just looks at it, gives a foul because it was a foul and it was a hard foul. I don't understand how the referee hasn't pulled another yellow card out of his pocket because that tackle was, like you said, Thomas, literally identical to the first one. So how is Mateo Kovacic still on the pitch in the first half? You know, I, I have a little theory. I was reading about this earlier. I have a feeling uh, that after the absolute shambles that the PGMLL pulled last week, uh, I think this week they were trying to escape controversy at all means possible. And so they wanted to avoid overreactions. But in doing so, they've caused even more outrage. Uh, so they've kind of shot themselves in the foot again. Yeah, clearly the message there was don't get into more trouble, boys. No, just stay out of the stay out of the media. Good process. I, I do remember, by the way, because some of the quotes behind it were that they were trying to uh, avoid anything that would influence the game. My memory, though, is I believe this is the same uh, referee who uh, gave uh, Gabriel Martinelli two yellow cards in ten seconds on the same play last year. I want to say that was against Wolves, if I remember correctly. I do remember. That. Um. Uh. And so I don't know. I don't know if this guy's uh, too. Which, by the way, I'll say this now. I thought that was the right call at the time. I think I know it was controversial. It hadn't been done before, but by the letter of the law, I was okay with it. Uh, I don't think this guy shies away from controversy. I don't think that's what this guy's ever been known. No, for. Michael Oliver <laughs> has his fair share of controversies as a referee in Premier League games. I think mm-hmm. he absolutely does. 
Um, and anyway, moving on. Well, before before we move on from that game, just a quick table update now because we are at an international break, so I think it's time for a table update in the Premier League. First place is Tottenham on 20 points with a plus 10 goal differential. Second place, Arsenal right behind them with 20 points and a plus 10 goal differential. Third place, Man City on 18 points with plus 11. Fourth place, Liverpool, 17 points with a plus 9 goal differential. Fifth place, Aston Villa with 16 points and a plus 7 GD. And then Brighton sitting in sixth place with 16 points and a plus five goal differential, so it's incredibly, incredibly tight margins at the top, right? I got a, I got a hypothetical question for you guys right now. Uh, I know me and Connor. I think you, we saw this uh, in one of our group chats earlier. Uh, a quick question: Would we prefer uh, City to repeat again, or Spurs to win their first title in God knows how long? I can't believe you brought this question <laughs> to the show. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Oh. It's, a, it's an interesting point. Thomas, I want to hear your opinion on this question first before I, do, I yeah. give mine. Man, I'm okay with, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'd be okay with City winning again. Like, I wouldn't be too surprised. Tottenham, Tottenham, man, they're annoying. They're, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like, I like I like Ange, by the way. I, lo- I love Pachacoglu. I think Ange he's ball. so fun. I, I think guy. I love his style. Uh, you know, but they're serial bottlers. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I, they're going to win, like, one trophy, and then they're going to be like, oh, we, we're at the top of the league. Nah, you guys suck, man. That's kind of their thing, too, is that they just suck and bottle everything. So I feel like them winning. I don't think I could take it, actually. You no, know what? I realize I'm not saying this neutral at all. I have no stake in the Premier League, man. But any them are like Man United, man. Any team that just kind of sucks but has, like, a big club mentality, mm-hmm. they— Man, you, ah, don't get me started. Nope. All right, so I have I have kind of two perspectives on this. So I think that I couldn't bear to see Tottenham win a absolutely. Premier League. Yeah. As much as I think that it would be absolutely hilarious if Tottenham <laughs> somehow managed to stumble their way to a Premier League title this season, especially right after Harry Kane left. Mm. Like, just the comedy of Tottenham and winning a Bayern, Premier League. if Bayern bottled the league. Yeah, well. like, imagine if Harry Kane goes to Bayern and Tottenham win the Premier League and mm. Bayern somehow <laughs> managed to bottle the Bundesliga for the first time in forever. Like, would, that would... It would it be would, fascinating. You couldn't write that script, no, to be honest no. with you. Like... And shout out to our friend Vivian, by the way, for posing that question to yeah. us. Yeah, shout out to Viv. Um, but then my other perspective on that question is, obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I also probably couldn't bear to watch Manchester City win another <laughs> win another Premier League, especially because I think that this season is going to be special in the fact that I actually think we may have a title race on our hands mm-hmm. this season, and one team's not just going to run away with it. So, I don't I'm, know. I'm going to be frankly honest with you guys. As long as Arsenal or Spurs don't win this title, I do not care who wins it. Yeah, as long as another London club doesn't win the Premier mm-hmm. League, you're fine with it yep. as a Chelsea fan. Well, add United in there. I guess maybe I'm biased against Spurs. Now that you say it out loud, you talk about bottlers losing the league, man. I was I was happy for Arsenal to try to win it last year. <laughs> I know you wouldn't have been non-don, nope. but like for some reason I'm I don't like Tottenham. Like they're bottlers, they shouldn't win it. I was like, let's go, Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on from our Premier League update. Now it's going to be over to La Liga, where there was a massive game between Granada and Barcelona, in which Brian Zaragoza take a bow with a first-half brace on the day against Barcelona. He's been playing insane this season for Granada. I believe he has five goals on the year already. Scored his first goal 17 seconds in, by the way. Yes, 17 seconds into the game, scored against Barcelona. Has five goals this season and has now been called up to the Spain international squad and featured in the game against Scotland as a substitute. So hats off to Brian Zaragoza, who's having quite the year for Granada. Lamine Yamal scored his first La Liga goal for Barcelona just before halftime. And it was Jao Felix basically stumbling through three defenders and finding some sort of crazy shot that I think he tried to take that kind of just dribbled to Lamal at the back post um, for him to just kind of tap in. Um, but you take them all when you're that young, you 16 years 16. old, and you score your first La Liga goal. So I'm sure he's not going to be angry about scoring a tap in as his first La Liga goal. <laughs> Um, another note from this game, though, that Gavi may have just sidelined Jules Kunde for a while. He's had knee problems before in the past. 
So this is not looking good for Jules Kunde. Mm-hmm. For those who didn't see it, Gavi being the typical wrecking ball that he is <laughs> on, on a football pitch, went kind of flying into a tackle in his own box in which he dove for the ball. Uh, the ball was cleared away, and then Gavi landed with his full body weight on the side of Kunde's knee. So not a pretty one. We're going to hope that Jules Kunde is okay because he's a sensational footballer when he's healthy. Hey, I mean, I feel bad for Gavi, man. I did the same thing to Nandan. That's why he still got a brace on. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, there was. I wasn't even near the ball either. It was on the other side of the pitch. I just went straight into him. <laughs> that was that was fun. That was that was a personal one. <laughs> Barcelona then equalized in this game, made it two two through Sergi Roberto, who scored the equalizer, which was awesome to see. That he is one of the senior leader figures of the club, one of the most tenured members still in the Barcelona squad and that he's still balling out for them in La Liga. So hats off to you, Sergi Roberto. They also potentially scored a winner in that game and there was some more VAR controversy as to whether or not there was potentially an offside where I think the argument is that the goalkeeper was taken off the line by Ferran Torres's run before Jao Felix headed home at the back post. But here's the thing, though, I will say is, firstly, he was barely involved in the play. He just kind of stood there. And also, uh, I'm pretty certain Madrid had a similar situation, an even worse situation, actually, and they got the goal given. Um, So for those of you that say Barca pay the refs, um, don't know. It doesn't quite look like it. They don't pay their own players. I don't (laughs) care where this controversy comes from. But I I agree, man. Yeah, he jumps for it, which I know people say is influence of play, but... Boy, oh boy, is he like about a hundred yards from that ball. I mean, he he's like not even in the same stratosphere. So, I mean, if the goalkeeper's falling for that, I mean, that's bad goalkeeping, no? Yeah, I mean, I feel that, that was my view on the situation was that the goalkeeper in that scenario was just completely lost. Like the cross came in and he came out for the ball and then realized he wasn't going to get it and started dropping back, but it was far too late. And Jao Felix had already headed it in at the back post. Agreed. So. Anyways, Barcelona a bit unlucky there and uh, lose some of the pressure on Real Madrid at the top of La Liga. So hopefully Real doesn't run away with that one for another season running. Um, Spain versus Scotland is the next breakdown game that we have. This was it for Scotland. A massive result. Could have seen them book their ticket to the Euros in 2024. The traveling support from the Tartan Army was fantastic. The Scottish National Anthem was belted out, I think, louder than the Spanish National Anthem in Seville. So that was kind of insane, the fact that the Scottish were louder than the Spaniards. Got a little bit more quiet as the game went on, and Scotland were kind of getting dominated in possession, but nonetheless still great to see from a traveling support. Scott McTominay coming off of his two-goal performance for Man United. Can he turn into prime R9 again for Scotland? The answer was yes as he scored from a ridiculous angle on a free kick all the way from the goal line that we were then robbed of by VAR. Yet again, VAR robbing us of more magic in football where one of the Scotland defenders was at the back post when the cross or shot came in and touched the goalkeeper ever so slightly, but when the ball was hit, he was technically just barely offsides. So I can see how it was given. I don't like the fact that it was given. I think it's soft. And I would personally would have loved to see Scotland go 1-0 up with potential for qualification on the line. Unfortunately, that's not how it went. The goal was taken back. And then Spain came down the other end, scored a first, and then Scotland scrambling to try to get an equalizer late in the game. Had a bit of a horror show in defense, really. <laughs> One of the defenders went to go pick up the ball and then just kind of slipped and fell over his own two feet and gave the ball right away to the Spanish attackers who then made a mess of the Scotland defense. And I think the goal went down technically as a Ryan Porches own goal. So Scotland unable to get the qualification done and end up losing that game to Spain 2-0. So the magic will have to wait. Big, big story broke, by the way, a couple days ago. Wayne Rooney has officially been appointed as the new manager of championship side Birmingham City FC after mutually agreeing to terminate his contract with DC United in Major League Soccer. 
and even had a conversation with Tom Brady in which they discussed their aspirations for a return to the Premier League for Birmingham City. This is a bit of an odd one to me because they currently sit sixth in the championship. If I'm being completely honest with you guys, I'm not entirely sure if Wayne Rooney can really improve on their situation, especially considering the fact that he got relegated with Derby. Like, don't get me wrong, I understand they had the points negation to deal with, right? Where they had violations points. of the regulations, so they kind of had, what was it, like minus 12, minus 20 even? I think it was 15. 15. Yeah, it was, it was a hefty sum. Plus minus a player after Wayne Rooney broke that kid's leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's very true as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, I'm just, I don't know. How do you guys feel about this one? I'm going to be honest. I'm 50-50. I'm not going to pretend that I watched Darby County when Wayne Rooney was the manager. I did not. I'll be frankly honest with you. Um, But I do have to say, considering the 40, the 12-point deficit, I don't think they were a terrible team by any means. I think I'm pretty sure if they didn't get that reduction, they would have stayed up. Um, But at the same time, for Birmingham, a, a team that wants the challenge for the Prem... I don't know if he's the best one. We've seen that, um, specifically with English players, um, successful players coming back as coaches has not worked out too, too well. Um, Specifically, I hate to say it, Frank Lampard, not the best manager. Um, Steven Gerrard, not the best. Um, So I'm I'm not too sure. It's an interesting move. I think it's I, I gotta do more research, man. That's mm. not something you're supposed to say on the radio. But <laughs> I'm gonna, I gotta figure out what's going on with their last with Birmingham's last coach. I mean, they ended twentieth in the in the championship last season. They were on the border of relegation, if I remember correctly. They're uh, having they're, a pretty good campaign this year. They're having a good campaign. Uh what happened? I mean that genuinely, not even rhetorically. What happened? I didn't do the research. I was supposed I, I to. Saw, I saw a post where there was a similar situation with Birmingham a couple seasons ago. Really? Uh, a couple years back where they were actually sitting in the same spot. They were sitting in sixth in the championship. And they sacked their current manager and brought in a different one. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up fighting in like a relegation battle and back near the bottom half of the table. So I just really hope for their sake that this kind of works out better than the Derby County situation for Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. Because not only would it look really bad for him to come back to England and to be unsuccessful again, but I think it would look even worse for Tom Brady mm. coming in to the Birmingham City ownership group and then like screwing it up, really like vying for this, trying to make the move happen, and then it all just kind of falls apart. Absolutely. One interesting note about that situation, though, by the way, Tom, the rest of Wayne Rooney's crew in that management staff includes. Ashley Cole, John O'Shea, Carl Robinson, and Pete Shuttleworth. So they're just kind of assembling old legends from football to come be the coaching staff at Birmingham City, which I think is kind of fascinating. Feels almost like a PR move. Yeah, I'm reading it now. It says uh, uh, Eustace, uh, who's their last manager, um, had gotten them the highest ever, uh, the highest points total. Um, in 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 uh, their history, uh, since or not in their history, but in the last like uh, basically near a decade, to avoid relegation, um, despite being the favorites to go down and bottom in the twenty fourth, um, and then he was sacked on the the club cited the importance of the board of directors and management being fully aligned on the culture of the football club as the reason behind. Uh, what does that even mean? It, an impressive start of the season, seeing the club sitting six with 18 points from 11 matches, one of their highest in decades. Uh, all right. Wayne, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd sack him too. Yeah. Yeah, just weird. Altogether, Plus 14 altogether. positions. I saw that news release, and I kind of did some of that research where I kind of looked up what the situation was with the manager because I was kind of shocked because I did the same thing you just did, Thomas. I pulled up FOTMOV and looked at the table, and I was like, Birmingham are sitting in sixth right now on the table. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean they've sacked their manager? <laughs> I, I had to check and see, like, did were last year were they like second and like lost in like the playoff, like playoffs or something? And no, they're up fourteen positions from last year. Gives gives me Bayern sacking Nagelsmann vibes. Yeah, yeah, just just overall a very very odd situation. I think that's that's all I can really say about it. Yeah. So next story is that Eden Hazard is hanging his boots up. Ah. Uh. So guys, guys, 
Sad day for football. What is your favorite Eden Hazard memory? Sad day for you. I loved his goal against Liverpool. <laughs> I love that solo goal. That's such a good. That's I mean that just. I, I mean I a love dagger in my heart. That solo goal. I mean was. the the, dri- the dribble itself is great, but if you go back right before the dribble, he actually has a, a, a he bef- right before he uh, passes it off and gets a one two. He uh, megs Firmino, Firmino right off of it and lays it off, then gets it back. Dribbles about half the players he's already gotten past once and says, "I'll do it again." And so he does and wins it. Love it. Mm, honestly, there's there's so many. You know, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I when I first started, it was around 2016, 17. When I first started watching soccer, that was the first season when Hazard really started kicking in. Uh, he's just a pleasure, man. There's so many memories. If I had to pick one, I think it would have to be that Europa League final against Arsenal. Mm. In this final game for the club scores two. I think a, was it a goal and assists. Uh, two goals and assists. It was a masterclass. Amazing. It was a masterclass. Um, it just sums up who he was as a player. Speaking of a masterclass, my favorite Eden Hazard memory is the Battle of the Bridge mm-hmm. when Hazard scored an insane solo goal against Tottenham to win the league for Leicester City. Unbelievable. Wow, what a memory. I think the most impressive part of that game is that he managed to walk off after Dyer basically killed him. Yeah. <laughs> and again, well, another yep. one of those classic uh, straight reds that was given as a yellow. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, 100%. Uh, what a legend. The last kind of breakdown story we have for today is that rumors of Leo Messi loan moves have finally been put to rest. Sneaky links popped up that there would possibly be a Messi loan move to Saudi Arabia or back to FC Barcelona but nothing concrete was ever formed according to Messi's camp who say that he's fully focused on the Inter-Miami offseason coming up now that they're out of MLS playoff contention and his time coming up with the Argentina national team. I'm going to be honest good riddance Um, he's done everything there is to do at the end of his career Barcelona's finally developed a team that doesn't rely on Messi. Um, Saudi Arabia already has, I think, the entire world playing for them at this point. Uh, I don't see the point of it. I think, let the men live, honestly. Personally, I'm just happy that, like, can we just stop with the Leo Messi to Saudi Arabia rumors? (laughs) Like, he's not Ronaldo. Nope. He's still playing really good football Mm -hmm. unlike somebody else. (laughs) <laughs> who's been previously mentioned mm-hmm. and might, might be the reason that he's in Saudi Arabia. Um, but I overall just think that there's no reason for Messi to ever go to Saudi Arabia. He's made more money than he could ever want in his career through endorsements. You still see him every time you watch a Champions League game doing the Pepsi and the Lays ads. So I just I don't see the point in Messi to Saudi Arabia. I would have liked to see him back at Barcelona, but... I think they have to also stop giving us hope in that regard as well because mm-hmm. I think it's not going to happen. And the longer they drag us on, the more it hurts. Yep. So, mm. Hell, I'll go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> me too, man. Me too. Um, going over to our quick fire results now, we're going to move through these. We've actually got one or two notes from each of these games. So starting with the Saturday results from last week, it was Luton 0, 1 Tottenham. Tottenham go into the international break at the top of the Premier League table, and they get the job done with playing only with 10 men after Yves Basuma was sent off in that game. It's only fair they played with 12 last game. <laughs> yeah, they played up a man last game, so now they got to play down a man this game. Mm-hmm. Next game, it's Everton 3-0 Bournemouth. This is an odd situation. <laughs> Everton are currently producing more expected goals per game than Manchester City the reigning champions of the Premier League. Who had that one on their bingo cards? (laughs) Yet another reason why XG is for stat merchants. Yes, 100%. Which, by the way, Thomas said this as well after you left the call the other night. That just means, all that means is that they're creating more good chances than City are, but they just have nobody that can finish a chance to save their life. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, they uh, are unfortunately missing an Erling Holland at uh, Everton. So... (laughs) Fulham 3, Sheffield United 1 is the next game. Fulham get a win, but our thoughts and well wishes are with Sheffield United defender Chris Basham, who suffered a horrid leg injury in the game and at 35 years of age has potential to be a career ender. So, real bad. Yeah, it was if you saw the pictures of it, it was bad. It, it was it was not pretty. 
Uh, so well wishes to Chris Basham. Next up is Crystal Palace 0, Nottingham Forest 0. A boring, boring game between <laughs> two pretty boring teams at the moment, to be completely honest with you. Although I'll say, Crystal Palace used that one point and sneak into ninth above both Chelsea and Man United. Mm. So needed need a good defense, I'll say hey, that. Every, every point matters, <laughs> especially for teams like Crystal Palace and Nottingham. So I'm sure they'll both be happy to walk away with a point there. La Liga, it was Cadiz 0, Girona 1. Girona win again and keep themselves up in second place in La Liga, ahead of both Barcelona and Atletico Madrid going into the international break. So again, who would have had that one on their bingo cards to start this season? Real Madrid 4, 0 Osasuna. Is Jude Bellingham the best player in world football right now? I prefer not to speak. Thomas? Oh, yeah. I'll speak, yeah. <laughs> you drunk? I'll, I'll, speak. <laughs> I'll speak, yes. There is nobody better in world football right now than Jude Bellingham. He's, he's so good. I, I, he, I don't understand it at all because, you know, some people accuse him of like, they'll be like, oh, he plays as like the false nine or the striker role, which, you know, like, like Benzema. I, and then I watched the game to see, no, he doesn't. He, he gets, he runs into the box, but he'll sit, he'll sit deep to like continue playmaking. I don't, I don't get it, but I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Two goals for Jude Bellingham. Mallorca won, Valencia won. Rough game to drop for Valencia. A Champions League team not a long time ago, remember that, wilting away in ninth place in La Liga currently. Sevilla 2, Rayo Vallecano 2. Sevilla manager Jose Luis Mandilabar loses his job after that one. Ouch. Dortmund 4, Union Berlin 2. Union are 13th in the Bundesliga and in a rough spell, losing their last five games and seven on the drop, if you including the UEFA Champions League. Dortmund now sit in fourth in the Bundesliga after picking up yet another convincing win. Leipzig 0, Bochum 0. Not sure what happened here. Leipzig had two penalty opportunities and missed both of them. So that's another candidate for Honker of the Week, but we've got an even better one. Stuttgart 3, Wolfsburg 1. Wow, oh wow, Serhu Garasi is on fire. The 27-year-old striker from Guinea bags again with a hat trick, and that's now 13 goals in the Bundesliga season for him. Rumors have it Chelsea want to sign him for $150 million. <laughs> Chelsea will sign anybody with a pulse. They're trying to <laughs> sign my maintenance guy for 120 <laughs> Inter 2, Bologna 2. Inter Milan blow a 2-0 lead at the San Siro. That's an odd one. Mm -hmm. Juventus 2, Torino 0 in the battle for Turin, and Juventus come out on top. The news from this, Paul Pogba has failed another doping test and now faces up to a four-year ban from football, which could be potentially career-ending. And the news from him is that he's now testing pretty much every supplement and cream and vitamin <laughs> he has in his house to figure out how this possibly could have happened. So that's a bit of an odd situation yeah, as well. I'm sure it was the face creams, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday, it was Brighton 2, Liverpool 2. A horrid Van Dyke pass pounced on by a Dingra, and Allison is caught way out of position to put Brighton up 1-0. Mo Salah double rescues a shaky Liverpool first half, and Harvey Elliott's dummy for Salah's first goal, by the way, is outrageous. Pascal Gross, another player probably lucky not to have been sent off for dragging Dominic Silvaslai down the box and not, play not playing the ball whatsoever. Liverpool completely miscommunicated, however, on Brighton's equalizer in the second half as Andy Robertson and Alex Alexis McAllister didn't talk to each other Robertson lets the ball go, and it falls to Lewis Dunk, who has a free tap-in to equalize for Brighton. So more valuable points dropped for Liverpool, who could have gone top of the Premier League after that game if they had gotten a result. West Ham 2, Newcastle 2. Hats off to Nandan for predicting this one exactly right. West Ham ahead of Newcastle in the Premier League after this game, and Bruno Guimaraes is another player lucky to not have been sent off this weekend who got a first yellow for bringing Emerson down with a tactical foul and should have gotten a second yellow for a horrible late tackle on James Ward-Prowse. Then it was Wolves 1, Aston Villa 1, and He-Chan Huang has scored his fifth goal of the Premier League season. I think you mean the Korean guy, actually. 
at Pep Guardiola. <laughs> Wolves continue their momentum shift after shocking the Premier League champions. Atletico Madrid 2, Real Sociedad 1 is our next game, and this was a prediction game too that only Nandan picked the correct result of. However, didn't get the score right. You only got the result, a win for Atletico out of that one. A late, late Griezmann penalty kick won it for Atleti, and Atletico Madrid's left back, Samuel Lino, has looked outrageously good and hasn't gotten a booking or given away a single foul, or has only given away a single foul all season. Leverkusen 3-0 Köln. Leverkusen impress again and remain top of the Bundesliga. Bayern 3-0 Freiburg. Kingsley Coman scored an insane goal and a brace on the day. Leroy Sané was unlucky to see an excellent goal ruled out for offsides. Lazio 3-2 Atalanta in Serie A. This was a shocker, was it not? <laughs> Maurizio Sarri's Lazio find themselves, I believe, in 13th place with a shock win over Atalanta, who would have found themselves looking for a UCL spot. Uh, Klasinac, that's right, the Arsenal Klasinac scored a goal in this game, and this was the only reason I knew he was at Atalanta. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't think any of the three of us sitting here knew that Sead Klasinac was playing his football for Atalanta. That's an insane throwback. So, yeah, weird throwback there. The next result is Cagliari 0 in the visiting Roma 4, Romelu Lukaku with another brace heating up for Roma. I believe that's, I think, like four or five goals for Lukaku in his last three games now. So he's really starting to heat up for Mourinho. Napoli 1, Fiorentina 3. This one, Thomas hits bang on in the predictions. Fair enough. (laughs) Fiorentina leapfrog Napoli into a UCL spot, and Napoli are not looking great, but they debuted a pretty sweet-looking Halloween kit. If you guys haven't seen the pictures of that one, look it up. It's fantastic. They continue their amazing line of Halloween kits, and I can't wait to see what route they're going to take next season. Marseille 3 and 0 Lahav. Obama who? Obama what? Obama blood clot yang. Pierre Emerick Obama yang. Back finding the back of the net for Marseille. Another crazy throwback. Leon 3, 3 Lorient. Wow, how does it continue to go so wrong for Lyon? Found themselves 3-1 up in this game, but choked away the second-half lead, giving up two unanswered second-half goals and drawing on the day. Now sitting one place off the bottom, three points total from eight games played. Yikes. I'm going to move on to Thursday's games. It's going to be Cyprus 0 for Norway. Holland was at the double again. That's now 27 goals in 27 games for Erling Holland with Norway. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. And I'm about to be, I believe, six goals off of uh, the top scorer in Norway history. <laughs> <at> 23. <laughs> Next up is Colombia 2 and Uruguay 2, where James Rodriguez with a goal and an assist. Remember that guy? Today's full of throwbacks. Wow. Today is full of throwbacks in this episode. James Rodriguez, goal and an assist. But then an 87th minute red card for Colombia and a penalty is awarded to our Lord and Savior, Darwizzi. <laughs> Darwin Nunez steals it at the death with a point in World Cup qualifying for Uruguay. Final result, 2-2. Bolivia 1 and 2 Ecuador, where Chelsea prospect Kendry Paez became the youngest ever goal scorer for Ecuador at the age of 16. So you and all the Chelsea fans, Nandan, will be happy to see that Moises Caicedo was the one that set him up for that goal. Hopefully that forms a good partnership over the years to come for the Blues. So excited. So excited for that. Argentina 1-0 Paraguay. Nico Otamendi scored three minutes in, and then not much happened for the rest of this game except for Lionel Messi almost scoring a world-class Olympico, a goal from the corner flag. Emmy Martinez has also set a new record now, going 623 minutes without being scored on since the World Cup. Other results, it's Chile 2-0 Peru. Another good win for Chile in qualifying there. Brazil 1, Venezuela 1. Was kind of a shock, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be honest with you. Brazil were at home in this game, mind you, and decided to play the game pretty much as far away from Venezuela as they could making traveling fans go pretty much all the way across the country to the south if they wanted to watch Venezuela play in Brazil. So that's 
pretty embarrassing from a Brazil perspective to lose at home to a Venezuela side who aren't the best team in qualifying but aren't the worst team in qualifying but a team that you expect a powerhouse like Brazil to get a result out of. Moving on to the last two games from Friday, Netherlands 1-2 France, Mbappe at the double in this game, Nets within the first 10 minutes of the game, and then Mbappe scores again just after halftime with, if you haven't seen the highlights, a world-class finish from outside of the box. Gave the keeper absolutely no chance and put it top corner. England 1 and 0 Australia, where Eddie Nketiah subbed on for goal scorer Ali Watkins, making his senior debut for the Three Lions after becoming the record goal scorer at the U21 level for England. Uh, I'd also like to uh, point out two quick games here. Uh, the first is Greece versus Ireland. Greece 2, Ireland 0. Uh, two first half goals from Greece put them leapfrogging Netherlands in a group and group B here putting uh, Netherlands I believe just outside of qualification uh, Greece are now in second on 12 points Netherlands in, with nine Portugal three Slovakia two Cristiano Ronaldo with two goals uh, Gonzalo Ramos also also with a goal um, set up by Bruno Fernandes who set up uh, Ronaldo's as well this puts uh, Portugal top of the table with Slovakia in second place Awesome. Well, we are going to take a short break now before we move on. We're going to be back momentarily, though, to bring you guys the Honker of the Week segment and our predictions for the games this coming week. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Getting a Bit Messy show on WECB, the underground sound of Emerson College. Think I'm ready, no, not for that jelly, my honey, like we need a pool. That strawberry got me very temporarily out of order in the booth. I don't got nothing to do. Feel like I'm stuck in a loop. What's in your fridge? You ain't got water. Okay, the handy will do. Pitiful, pitiful. I got rituals that I keep sticking to. I got money that I should be getting to, but I just cannot get rid of you, rid of you, rid of you. I'm pitiful, pitiful, having trouble with all my syllables. Yeah, I love you, but I'm so miserable. I'm so miserable. Ooh, range I keep on. Don't know where my heart went. Don't tell me you lost it. Don't fuck with me, darling. Range I keep falling. My umbrella is garbage. We are back with the Getting a Bit Messy show here on WECB, and it is time for Honker of the Week. Boy, oh boy, do we have a good one again this week as Sandro Tonali and Nicolo Zaniolo have been awarded this week's Honker of the Week award after both players were sent home from the Italian national team by the Federation after investigations into potential breaches of gambling rules in Italy. Zaniolo. I'm sorry? Uh, You can finish. Okay. Zaniolo, Tonali, and other Italian players have been named in an ongoing investigation into an illegal online gambling scheme. And I can tell you one thing for certain, not a single one of the three of us sitting in here in this studio has any sort of sympathy whatsoever for these players. I'll never understand why someone who makes millions to play the sport you love uh, would ever even consider doing something like this. It just doesn't really make any sense to me. It feels stupid. I get why I online gamble. It's because I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I imagine they're they're a little bit less sad making millions of dollars, Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, these are guys that are making millions and millions of dollars every year but are willing to put their livelihoods at risk to do some gambling on the side. So it's going to be incredibly interesting to see if this has any impact on their playing time with Newcastle and Aston Villa respectively, or it will only apply to their time with the Italian national team. But fantastic uh, benchmark again set for Honker of the Week. 
So now, moving on, now that we're done with our Honker of the Week segment with Nicola Zaniolo and Sandra Tonali, it's time for predictions at pace. So we're going to start off the first prediction at pace we have, USA versus Germany, which is a friendly match. I say 2-0 to Germany. Nandan. I'm going 2-1 to the U.S. I'm going 1-0 to U.S. All right, so 2 U.S., 1 Germany. Norway versus Spain in Euro qualification. I say it's going to be 2-1 Spain, but Holland scores again. I'm going to go with the same thing. I think 2-1 Spain. Oh, i got to switch it up. I'm going to go 2-1 Spain. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Belgium versus Sweden in Euro qualifying. That should be an interesting game. I say 2-0 Sweden. I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about them. I'm going to go 1-1. 3-0 Belgium. I, 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 they've had some good luck under the new manager. All right. England versus Italy in Euro qualification, a rematch of the Euro final. I say it's going to be 3-1 to England, and Jude Bellingham is going to have a goal and an assist. I'm going to go 2-1 to Italy. I'm going 2-0, and Bukayo Saka scores. 2-0 to England, then. Yeah, I should probably say that. Okay. <laughs> USA versus Ghana in a friendly match that has a lot of history after they met at the 2010 World Cup. So, I say it's going to be a 1-1 draw, but it's going to be a very exciting and testy game. I'm going to go 1-0 to the U.S. 1-1 draw. All righty, that's all we have for predictions at pace. But before we go, a special shout-out again to any of our Boston area listeners. Be sure to get out to Rochfield in the South End tomorrow, Saturday, October 14th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to watch the Emerson men's soccer team play MIT in a rematch of last year's Epic Conference semifinals matchup with massive ramifications on league standings. Also be sure to pop out next Wednesday, October 18th, when the Emerson women's soccer team returns to Roch Field to take on Wellesley at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Both teams are coming off of big wins that built momentum, so be sure to get out to Roch and support the Lions on the field if you're free. Oh, yes. Uh, before we go, we'd like to address um, some fan mail we got. Uh, this comes in from, I believe, is a Varun R. Um, uh, last week we had said that uh, we had noted that uh, Ramos had a reunion against Barcelona and so had okay. Pepe for Porto. Uh, we, Varun R. had, uh, had uh, written us a message to say that uh, Pepe was actually not playing that game. Yes, Pepe was injured, so uh, we apologize. Our bad. Uh, I'm actually angry with Varun for pointing this out. I, uh, <laughs> I did not do my research, and I don't care for your uh, comments, mister. Okay. Anyone else send us more message, though, please? Yeah. Be <laughs> sure to send any fan messages to gettingabitmessy at gmail.com, and we'll feature our favorite message every week on the show. Another shout-out before we go. If you've liked the music you heard today, also be sure to give both Toby Lou and Group Therapy some of your time on your favorite streaming platforms, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Today's samples were Lightspeed by Group Therapy for the intro, That's My Check by Group Therapy, and Darlin by Toby Lou for the station tag and break. And our outro song for the day is Come See Me Live by Toby Lou. Unfortunately, that's all we've had time to talk about here today on the show this week, but thank you so very much for kicking it with us again. And we hope to see you all right back here, same time, next Friday, October 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to get a bit messy with us here in the studio. I, as always, have been Connor Donovan, joined by my good football-loving friends, Nandan and Thomas. And we will see you all next time on Getting a Bit Messy. Hello, baby, I'm on TV, I'm streaming online. I heard you think about maybe come see me live. It's only us two. Only us two. You're gonna be fine.